Anybody a sports fan? <laughs> yeah, not you guys. No, you're not. Uh, yeah, right? I, I, I love sports. Uh, I love watching it. Um, I like playing it, although I'm not good. But I like playing it. I like watching it. Um, I, there's something about it that is um, really fascinating. And so from, and I remember, right, playing uh, Little League Baseball from the time I was very young. Um, and, then at, and then at nine, I started playing soccer, right? And, and there is something about a team uh, together uh, working towards a common goal, e even if it's the defeat of another. But um, it's amazing the, the community that can be built up around that. I also was born in the Pittsburgh area in the 70s. So I bleed black and gold. Like Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, it's all there, right? Even when I lived elsewhere for 20 years before coming back to the area, I, that's who I followed and everybody knew it. And, and they knew it because like when I was at seminary, I had a big Steelers banner hanging in my window. And the fascinating thing was one of the maintenance guys sought me out to find me because he saw the Steelers banner there because he was from Pittsburgh, right? And suddenly, even though we were these two, this African-American male of like 60 and me, this white geeky guy living in the same, we had a bond and we understood things about community that transcended a lot of other stuff. We didn't have to explain stuff to each other. And we could use a common vocabulary, and, which was great because he was one of the few that if, when I was down in South Carolina, that I, I would say yins, and he would know what the heck I was talking about. I quickly had to learn to translate that when I spoke to y'all, but here it was, right? And so there was a bond there that was really wonderful. We are human beings that are made to live in community. God says, it is not good for man to live alone. Now, actually, it's not, it's not man yet, but it's, it's not good for the earth creature, right? Because this is Genesis 2. He has created this creature, Adam, out of Adama, right? To... He's still this earth creature, right? And it's, and it's here and now that he goes, this person needs a helper. And he creates the two, right? When I was little, I tried to figure out where the, where the prefix W-O came from and how that meant out of, because it was, for out, this, you shall be called woman, for out of man. You know, woman comes from out of man, right? Because of the rib, and, and I try to think, it doesn't work that way. It's not English, right? But it's actually, it's, it's one of the only other languages that, would, that would, this translation would go well because it's, it's Hebrew, right? For out of ish, man, it comes isha, woman, right? Out of, so there's this connection here, this sort of work that, that the Hebrew uh, writers are doing here. And, but anyway, so God creates us to live in community with one another. Now, 
a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is centering um, in, this, in these readings around marriage, right? And I step out here in fear and trepidation because this becomes loaded in our culture. Because I could take Jesus' route, right? And we could enter into conversations about divorce. No, thank you. All right? Then I could take it and it's like, oh, man, woman, we talk about gay marriage. No, I think we'll go over here now for a minute, right? Um, because I, right, th- why is this, why are these so hot-button things? Because these are, these are issues of what it means to be in community. And, and it's our community that shares stories and vocabularies and meaning and really incredibly vital things for our lives. And they get very close to who we are and how we identify ourselves. And the closer we get when we start to attack the things that are close to, to, to me, right, my response gets much crazier. I get much more animated and much more excited and much more, don't do that. Don't say the Steelers are, are horrible, right? No, it's debatable. But anyway, um, Actually, I, I care less and less about the Steelers as we move on. I, I'm still right now stuck in baseball mode. But I'm very worried about my game this afternoon at 3 o'clock. So that's... Huh. Anyway. But when we... I, let, let me offer some thoughts and thinking around... Because much of this has to do with how we interpret and how we understand Scripture. Right? Because... Anybody ever take an ethics class? You took an ethics... What? Right now. Okay, so is it kind of like a survey of ethics? Or did they break down different types of ethical understandings? Different? Okay, do you remember what, do you remember what are some of them? There's like, we've got one that's based on rules. Right, deontological, right? A command ethic. It's, the, it's ethics because that's what I say is right, right? It's the dad, I, because I said so. That's... It's the dad ethics. Yeah, go ahead. That's the first one, right? So then there's a util- utilitarian ethics, the greatest good for the greatest number, right? So we have that, right? Um, and then the, the, the one I look to for me is the virtue ethics, which is about what are the habits and practices that we build up in order to become the people that we want to be, Right? God gives us community, all right? And we can either set, this is the Pharisees setting up, is it lawful for a, for a man to divorce a woman, right? And they very much want to say, here are the rules, and these are what we have to follow. And Jesus, Jesus works to turn them on their head a little bit, right? I mean, we hear him say, There's, it's not lawful, right? Mm-hmm gave it to you because you guys couldn't handle it, right? But later on, then, he, he indicts men, right? That if, if a man divorces a woman, which wasn't really the case, he, he adds on to it. If you divorce a woman and you get married again and you have adultery, right? He, he's laying out some, some consequences of these are, how the, these are how the commands go then, right? If you do this, this is, this is difficult. Um, let me just say then, on the other side, for my perspective, when Jesus does this, if he 
seeks to create a people, a kingdom-formed people, full of grace and mercy, right? Well, what are the habits and practices that we want to create so that we have graceful and merciful people at the end? And so he opens up an understanding, I think, here by by turning it back and around on the Pharisees. These are, okay, if we're going to follow the rules, here's what happens, right? But opens up a reality for us that sometimes, and this is how the Lutheran Church has read it, uh, is that sometimes the most graceful and merciful response is to allow divorce in places. Right? We, we read that last semester when we went over social statements. We, we touched upon that. Um, it becomes a, it becomes a, a very difficult place. And it's, um, it's because, right, when God creates us to live in community, we even know that those communities can be deformed, malformed, because of the presence of sin, the brokenness of our relationships. And so we may either force people to continue to stay and live in those places or to allow for some of that grace and mercy in those situations. We know the relationships and communities can be malformed and deformed because we see, um, we see sports fanatics jump up and like it's so much of their existence that nothing else matters. We see it, um, not that this is all Apple users, right, but we see it in um, folks who line up for days and days, like line up and like they are like Apple disciples. And this is not, this is not a blanket statement against every Apple user. It's not, but it's, it's a little weird sometimes, the fanaticism of that feeling for some, but it gets close to their identity. I, so, but, um, so what, what is there, right? Jesus establishes a new community Right? Not one that's based as, uh, on, on lineage. Right? Uh, it's not just the family. Right? We, see, we see portions of, of, of this uh, community that gathers around Jesus. Um, it's not on ethnicity. It's not on family. It's not on um, uh, wealth. It's not on um, honor. It's... it's Jesus steps into our reality and, a, and the portion here for us to examine and think and establishes this new community that is based on nothing but his own righteousness. He steps into our midst, in the midst of broken relationships, in broken communities, deformed communities, communities that are turned in on themselves, communities that wall other people off and that separate and isolate and comes into our midst that he might be the one around whom we all gather, the, the organizing principle of our community, the one to whom he unites himself to. Because that's that's what matters, right? And this is not then a community that will flourish for a bit and wither away and die. For he has already died and rose again. That this community is based on something that 
we know death death does not end. This is a community that's based on grace and mercy and seeks to bring wholeness and peace in a broken world. We don't always do that, but it is continually held up for us again and again with the promise that in the end, our love will be perfected in Christ. Or Christ's love will be perfected in us. It works both ways, right? And that's why we gather. We hear the promises made to us in our baptism. We gather around Jesus at the altar, in his body and his blood. That we continue to look towards the community that will be the consummating community that we will all find ourselves in. And a community that we can continue to work for even now. Thanks be to God.